you're saying that boy doesn't need mic'd. Um, but you might be wondering, well, who are Wycliffe um, and what's Wycliffe all about? Well, we have our vision statement. Um, no, that. Oh, there we go. We'll get there in the end, don't worry. Um, so, our vision statement is that we exist to enable all peoples to engage with the Bible in a language that speaks to their heart. So, following on from what Martin was speaking about, that we, we exist to, to put the Bible in people's hands in a language that truly speaks to them, that speaks to their hearts. I'd like to show a short video now and that just kind of um, summarizes our work and, and, and the essence of why we do what we do as an organization. Thank you. There we are. We're back to words again. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask that question again. Now, how many words do you use in a day? And what kind of question is that? I mean, words are so much a part, as we just heard, of our daily lives. But we need to understand each other's words in, the, in order to share information and communicate effectively. But how do we capture and harness words? when we work with languages that are unwritten down? Um, how do we help people to develop the use of their own language? My role in Wycliffe is now to assist um, language communities in completing and publishing dictionaries online. It's, it's actually a fascinating process. And as the video explains to us, it brings with it a whole host of benefits for the communities. We're going to have a wee go now. How do we begin? How do we begin to capture words for a dictionary? 
you could just start writing them down as you, as you learn them, as they come to you, and it could take 20, 30 years to gather a good, a good amount for a dictionary. Or you could do something else. I don't know if you have a paper and pen, or if you have just fingers and toes, right? <laughs> That'll do. I'd like you to turn to the person beside you. We're going to take about 30 seconds, okay? Um, and start counting how many words come to mind linked with water. We're going to play a little game of word associations. In the next 30 seconds, when I say go, I want you to start counting how many words. There's a few prompts on the screen. See how many you can get, okay? Go. Try and count them if you can. Okay, stop. <laughs> How many got more than 10? Okay, 15? 20? More than 20? 25? We're doing well down there. Okay. Very good. Now, that was the 30 seconds. Okay. Now, Wycliffe Partners are now holding workshops. Um, of about 10 days and inviting up to 30 participants from the local community um, to come join with them and spend their time about three weeks, well 10 days to three weeks doing games of word associations, let's say, just like that, to gather the words. They work through 1,800 topics, about that, topics for word association, to gather um, words from every area of life. Typists are brought in to, to enter those words into the computers just as they're being collected. Um, each time an A4 page is filled, they hand it over to the typist who types it up and then puts in the equivalent, the, the word equivalent in another, local, in another language, perhaps English or French, um, depending on where you are in the world. And normally by the end of those workshops, people will have on average about 10,000 words collected. And they can print out the word lists, which is the beginning of their first dictionary. Okay, it's quite an amazing process. A lot of hilarity takes place during that time, as you can imagine. It's like a game of mallets mallet for anyone that can remember. Um, but it's it's hard work writing down, thinking, how would I spell cake? Write it, cake, cake, cake. How, if you have people from different with a slightly different accent. How do you write that? What does it look like? So there's a lot of work involved. But after that initial workshop, then begins the task of adding the linguistic details, whether it's a noun, a verb, an adjective, example sentences, um, definitions. And it could be a couple of years then before a dictionary is completed. But that, that's, the, that's the fast process, and that invites people from throughout the community to take take part in the process, and it's an exciting one. Imagine witnessing for the first time your language being written down. It's quite something. Now, these dictionaries now go on to an online um, 
they go online to a website which is called the Webinary. I like the name of it. And the Webinary um, hold, currently holds, is it, it's just under 200 published dictionaries, but there's about 400 that are waiting to be completed and published on it. Um, and these can be then be downloaded into an app for, for locals who want to use it. But why, why do we do this? Yes, we're Wycliffe Bible translators. Why do we go through all that work to make dictionaries? Um, it's because we believe that communities should be able to pursue their goals at home, at work, within the community, and the wider political framework without having to lose their own language and identity. Um, without having to, uh, having to learn another language or feeling constrained just by like a sort of a glass ceiling that they, they may otherwise fail just within their own community. We want to empower people to give them the means um, to help themselves. Um, and that's one of the ripple effects, as the video said, of Bible translation. Now there are around 2,000 languages still awaiting the work to begin. Um, it's not true to suggest that minority languages aren't rich enough to allow speakers to express themselves or describe the world around them because actually they have many, many words available to them at a great depth of vocabulary. But to, to develop a language in this way gives people a sense of pride in their own language. It helps them um, to feel equal to those of other communities um, who have got a written language. It supports literacy in both women and children, adults. And the process invites the wider community to take interest in the work that Wycliffe workers are beginning to do in the community. And it helps them really to take ownership then of the Bible translation project. Um, but really it lays a good foundation for any effective translation project. There's no Bible translation that can be effective without the resources to support it, to help people to engage it, to learn to read and write. Um, and these resources just help people to get access to read it for themselves. As Wycliffe Bible Translators, Bible translation and linguistics is what we specialize in, but only as a means to an end, because our real desire is to see lives transformed. That's through greater access to the scriptures and linguistics and dictionary are part, dictionaries are a part of this. Um, but that's what our greater end is. I'm going to ask Ricky to come through and we're just going to swap over <laughs> childcare. I don't think I need it either, um, thankfully. Um, so, and so Marlene, she, as she has said, ha works um, helping to help with dictionaries and helping people to get their dictionaries online um, as a vital part of, of the Bible translation process. I, on the other hand, uh, I work as Northern Ireland team leader. Um, my role um, is to engage with the church in Northern Ireland 
uh, to encourage and vision the church um, to support the work of Bible translation through praying, through giving, or through sending uh, people to serve overseas. Also manage a team um, of people, volunteers in Northern Ireland, helping to engage uh, with the church and at Christian events. So basically, Marlene's a smart one, and I'm the mouth. That's, that's the difference. Um, but, uh, but we've talked a bit about the nuts and bolts of, of some of the background stuff that goes on in Bible translation and the, and the ripple effects that come from that. And linguistics um, and dictionaries. Um, linguistics and dictionaries and, uh, and translation and literacy are vitally important to create good translations and to help people to read it, read the Bible for themselves. But that's only a means to an end. The goal of Bible translation isn't geeky linguistics. The goal of Bible translation is transform lives and communities through engaging with the good news of Jesus. We long to see lives changed, pastors equipped, churches growing and reaching out with the gospel. The Bible is absolutely central to all we do as believers and as a church. How do we exist if we don't have God's word? I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, please, um, to Second Timothy chapter 3, and starting to read from verse 10. be strange if we had all morning talking about Wycliffe Bible translators and didn't get to the Bible. So let's read from God's Word. Uh, and let me pray as we, as we turn. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this fellowship here in, in Arge. Uh, we thank you uh, for all you've equipped it with. Uh, we thank you for your Word and that brings light and life to our lives. And Father, we thank you for your word now, and as we turn to Second Timothy, we pray that you'd speak to us through your word, that you encourage and you challenge, and you'd spur us on um, through these your words in Jesus' name, Amen. So Second Timothy chapter three, um, I'm starting to read from verse ten. Here, Paul gives some instruction to Timothy, a young leader in the church in Ephesus that he had trained. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, in Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet for them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it, and from childhood, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which... Uh, are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God breathed, is breathed out by God, and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God 
maybe maybe compliant, equipped for every good work. Amen. Just keep your Bibles open there as we're going to uh, refer back to it at different points. Paul here charges Timothy um, in verses 14 and 15 that in the midst of persecutions and hardships to remember and to continue in what he'd been taught uh, from the scriptures uh, from a child. Um, But why was Paul reminding him of this? Because the scriptures, Paul says, are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. They play a major role in our conversion to Christ. And not only that, but they also help us to grow in our faith and witness for Christ. I don't know about you, but I had the great benefit of growing up in a Christian home uh, and through church and being acquainted with the scriptures and being taught how to live. uh, And the scriptures played a vital role in that. Um, In verse 16, a really well-known verse, um, Paul says, All scripture is God-breathed or inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Paul here stressing how vital all Scripture is for our Christian lives, as it teaches us more about God. It rebukes us and corrects us when we go wrong, and it trains us in righteousness and how to live for Christ each day. Verse 17, it says it equips us as servants of God for every good work. This phrase, all Scripture, Paul here is primarily referring to the Old Testament, as since most of the New Testament books wouldn't have been written, at that stage that Paul was writing to Timothy. So Paul is saying here that the Old Testament alone has all that we need for teaching reproof and correcting and and teaching us. But now that we have the New Testament as well, it helps us to understand and see Christ in the Old Testament and apply all scripture to our lives so we shouldn't neglect any of it. As we see in this passage, scripture is absolutely vital to our Christian lives as we seek to serve God. It's our source of comfort and strength in the midst of life's trials and suffering, and for many around the world, persecution. But how would we do all of this, or do any of this, if we didn't have God's word in a language that we truly understood? If we opened our Bibles and we didn't understand what was said, and when our minister, when Jeff preached, we didn't understand because it was in a different language. What would the state of our faith be? What would the state of the church be? What would the state of the spiritual life of this church, this fellowship be, if we didn't have God's word in our own language? And yet, and yet this is a real reality for so many around the world today. One in five of the world's population don't have a Bible in a language they understand best. That's 1.5 billion people. Whichever those ter- figures relate best to, one in five or 1.5 billion people without a Bible in their own language. It's not right and it's not just that we have an abundance, we have a feast of God's Word here in our land and have had for hundreds of years. And there's 1.5 billion people, one in five in the world don't have a Bible in their own language. And yet we've seen 
see incredible progress in Bible translation in recent years um, with more partnerships and local involvement and advances in technology and travel. In Africa alone, this is to encourage you, in Africa alone, in, since, since the beginning of 2018, 10 Bibles have been translated, full Bibles, 33 New Testaments and portions in a further 16 languages across the continent of Africa. This represents 50 million people with access to God's Word in the last two years. Wow. Can I hear wow? Isn't that amazing? And that's just Africa alone. That just represents 40% of all the publications that's been done in this last two years. Wow. That's not including Asia. You know, wow. Incredible, isn't it? Um, how much God has accomplished in this last two years just. As I said earlier, the goal of Bible translation isn't providing, uh, sorry, I meant to say this is actually all list, not all of them, this is a list of most of the languages. Some of them are too sensitive to put up on the screen. But that's about 45 of them. It's just to give you an idea of what, you know, 50-odd languages looks like. Um, as I said earlier, um, the goal of Bible translation isn't providing Bibles from the sit on the shelves. There's no point working for 12 years in a New Testament and then getting it printed, published, and someone sat on the shelf and never being used. The goal is for lives and communities to be transformed by the good news of Jesus. We want people to meet Jesus through the pages of Scripture and come to a living relationship with, with him. See, there, so there's a direct correlation between increased Bible access on the one hand and church growth on the other. I'd like to share a great example of this, um, and I'd like to take you to Ghana, the country of Ghana, for that. Uh, when I started uh, working with Wycliffe, and even when I was volunteering before, started full-time, I, like many others, were really challenged, inspired by long-serving members in Wycliffe, people like Mary Steele and Anna Claire Gray, who some of you may know, who served for over 50 years in Ghana, uh, putting the God's word, helping to put God's word in people's language in a couple of different Bibles, actually. Um, but a couple of years ago, I came across a, a, some research that said in 1900, uh, Christianity in Ghana was 5%. And today, it's 60%. So in 1900, it was 5%. And today, it's 60%. Okay, so just over 100 years. When, by, when Wycliffe got involved... In Ghana in 1962, there were five Bibles, and f uh, there were five complete Bibles, that's all. In 1962, five complete Bibles in local languages. Today, there are 15 Bibles, and 18, or 15 Bibles and seven New Testaments, out of total number of local languages of 81. So we've gone from, since 1962, from five to 15 complete Bibles. Isn't that amazing? And you see the correlation between that and, and the, the church growth of from 5% to 50% or 60%. Professor Andrew Walls from Edinburgh University um, says it is a fact that 
the history of the expansion of Christianity can be measured and it can be written as a history of Bible translation. The expansion of Christianity can, it can be written as a history of Bible translation. We could tell many stories of impact um, and, and change lives in Ghana, uh, but we don't have time this morning. And we could tell stories of the ripple effect uh, that has come out from Bible translation work and how people in certain lang remote languages are now in the government because they learned to read and write in their own language. Um, but I'd like to share just two stories that, which have really struck me again recently par powerfully and show the power of, of Scripture to, to turn lives right round. Uh, they come from the Hanga people of Ghana, and I hope they encourage and refresh you in your faith as you, as you hear them. One junior uh, Hanga witch doctor called Jindeu uh, didn't believe it was possible for his language to be written down. So thinking it was some sort of magic, and because he was interested in magic, he got involved uh, and, and started reading and write in, in his own language in Hanga. When the Hanga New Testament was launched, uh, Jindewu won the scripture reading prize. He then read the New Testament the whole way through, the Hanga New Testament the whole way through, gave his life to Christ, was baptized, uh, and now is a leader in the Hanga church. Incredible, eh? And now the, the Hanga church has gone from 10 has now grown to 10 strong and growing churches across the north of Ghana. Isn't that amazing? The Old Testament has now been translated because the goal is always to have full Bibles in people's languages, not just New Testaments, because you need the Old Testament to understand the New Testament. How do you understand Hebrews without Leviticus? And even with Leviticus, it's still hard to understand Hebrews. Uh, am I right? <laughs> you know, so you need all of Scripture to interpret scripture. Um, one of the local translators called Barnabas um, used to be a Muslim and he would regularly would have walked 15 miles each way to the mosque uh, to pray. When he started to read Hanga, learn Hanga and read Hanga uh, and read the New Testament, he got as far as John 14 verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I thought, wow. Muhammad, the prophet, the Muslim prophet, never claimed such things, and yet Jesus does. And he came to Christ. He committed his life to Christ. Sadly, his father rejected him and cast him out of his family, shunned him. Um, but he went on to compose... Uh, scripture songs in his own language in Hanga uh, and now he's involved as an Old Testament Bible translator for his people. Wow. Come from being far away from God um, to, to come near through the power of, of reading scripture for himself in his own language. So the New Testament is the book that changed and continues to change the Hanga people. God has used it in such powerful and transforming ways among the Hanga people. Please pray for the Old Testament uh, project there now, as it's a big task uh, to go through the whole 
whole Old Testament. Just to give you an idea, the first five books of the Old Testament, called the Pentateuch or the Torah, um, is equal in size to the New Testament. And you've only just done the first five books. So it's a massive task. So please pray for them, and that they be given endurance uh, and the and support that they need. See, God's Word is so powerful, and He's using it, as you've seen, all around the world to transform lives and to build His church. Um, God speaks to be understood, and therefore it needs to be in, his own, in people's own language for them to understand it best. It's such an exciting time to involve in Bible translation. Things are moving at a faster pace than they've ever moved and because of increased partnerships and local involvement. God is at work, but much still remains to be done, as you've seen. Will you join the team? Not because Wycliffe's great, or that Wycliffe matters, really, but because people like Jindewu and people like Barnabas matter. It matters that they get to read God's word in their own language. It matters that they get to come to Christ, accept Christ, follow Christ, and see their people following Christ and the church growing in their area. You too can be involved in Bible translation. There's different ways you can be involved. You can pray. Everyone can pray. And prayer is so powerful and, it and, it, and it's impactful and it works. God answers prayer. We say that all the time. Sometimes I know myself, do we be really believe it? But God does answer prayer. And we see it all the time in Bible translation, the need for prayer and how prayer works. Especially when it comes up to uh, the time of publishing a New Testament or a portion of Scripture, there's increased spiritual warfare. So the devil doesn't like seeing Scripture being translated and being put in people's hands. Um, but we have so many resources to help you to pray. It's not like years ago, 50 years ago, where you sent, you got a prayer letter and then you sent off a reply and you waited for two months to get a reply back. We have instant prayer points now in a magazine called Words for Life comes out three times a year and there's real-time prayers in there so you can be praying for the check-in of a book of the bible on that week that's been checked so your real-time prayers with such a privilege to be able to have such access to the world and they know and be able to pray right on time for things and so please do avail of that this is the latest the latest one so you'll be able to recognize it at the back um, so and we also have a magazine called Wycliffe News, which is our local magazine, and it's got our 30-odd uh, Irish and Northern Irish members are in there, and we update from them as well. We've also got a website and social media with up-to-date prayer points that you can use in your church um, and privately as you pray uh, for the work. You can also give uh, to the work of Bible translation. Um, one of the biggest obstacles in World Mission today and in Bible translation as fun, funding, as finance. Uh, we'd love to support more and more projects, but we just can't uh, because we've limited funding. And we're going to do that with more support. There are three ways you can financially support if God moves you to do that. Uh, Wycliffe firstly, Wycliffe members are reliant on the generosity of churches and individuals in order to support them for their daily needs and for their ministry. You can also adopt a project um, uh, a people group and receive updates from them regularly uh, as they receive scripture in their own language and walk them through that process. I have some project packs at the back so you can look through the different projects that Wycliffe UK specifically support. Um, 
And finally, you could support just their general fund, and that will go to where the needs is the greatest. And your and and your your giving would be greatly appreciated. If you'd like to find out more about this, please speak to me afterwards. You can also go. Um, each year, we need about six new members to serve overseas to fill the gaps that are missing, with people moving on to other things or people through people retiring. Um, so we need people with professional skills. We don't just need linguists and translators. We need people with professional skills like IT, finance, media, communications, and management. Management isn't something you think of when you think of Wycliffe, but we're pulling people out of translation projects to manage you know, whole branches and stuff. Uh, so it's much better if you can bring someone who actually has management experience and can do that. So that's just one example. We also need people to train uh, to be linguists and translators. Um, to go and serve overseas. One of our, uh, one of our members joined a couple of years ago. She was actually an optometrist, and she retrained to be a linguist. So don't say, oh, why well, work as something, something, whatever, and I couldn't retrain to be a linguist. You might actually be more akin to it than you think. Um, we also need people to represent Wycliffe here in Northern Ireland amongst churches and the Christian events. I only divide one way, unfortunately. I've tried cloning myself, but the thought of it's scary. Um, so I need, we need help uh, to get out amongst churches and to share uh, what God's doing all around the world uh, through the work of Bible translation, bringing people to himself, but also the need that still remains to be, to, to be done. Um, so if that's something you think you could help with, uh, please again speak to me afterwards. We also have different events coming up quickly. We have a prayer event coming up uh, for the Rohingya and the Zwang in, in Hollywood Baptist Church uh, on the 9th of November. Um, the Rohingya and the Zwang, the Rohingya, are the, you've heard of them in the news, I'm sure, a few years back. And they, they have no residency, no citizenship anywhere in the world. They've been kicked out of Myanmar. They're now mostly in Bangladesh. Um, so there's great need amongst them. Uh, they're one of the most persecuted peoples in the world. Uh, so we want to gather together. This is the second time we're running this prayer event to pray and lift them up before the Lord that God will do a great work amongst them. Uh, there is some signs uh, of work starting amongst them, uh, but there's need for scripture and there's need for increased uh, gospel work amongst them. Um, and the Zwang are, uh, there's 50 million Zwang. So there's a massive unreached people group. Um, and they need our, our prayers too spread it right across Southeast Asia. Um, so please pray for both those people groups. Please come along in the, in the morning. If you want to come along, just ring the office or, or email the office and, and speak to me afterwards. We also have uh, an account called Experience that happens each summer in July in Austria and Switzerland, just allowing 18 to 28-year-olds just to dive a bit deeper into all this and see how they might fit in, in, in this. It also takes them through the book of Acts um, to show uh, how God was at work in the early church and how he continues to be in work. Um, so if you know of anybody or if you'd be interested in that yourself, uh, there's some cards at the back. Also, we have a grad team for graduates to use their skills uh, for a year uh, in Thailand in 2021, starting in 2021, uh, but applications need to be in next summer. So. There's just a couple of things that we have going on. Uh, um, so thanks for being with me, bearing with me in that. Um, so 
As I say, I'm no rush afterwards or Marlene, so please do speak to us if any of these things have moved uh, or, or challenged you, or if you want to ask more questions. And let me just close in prayer before I hand back to the praise band.